Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howell. And this is Story by Chance, where we can talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, all of that good stuff. And this is this is the last of our bank episodes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of, I'm, as you may know right now, I'm out of the country. Uh, we did want to report some content before uh, we, you know, before I took my leave. Uh, and, you know, we did some choice episodes. You know, last week we did Heat. Uh, that was Russell's choice. And this one, this one was mine. I, I decided to do something a little different, something that we haven't, uh, haven't really tackled before. It's something that Russell actually hasn't seen. So, yeah. Very curious to yourself in this one. Uh, we're looking at B- the Billy Wilder uh, classic, Some Like It Hot. Uh, now, uh, Billy Wilder, this is a director we haven't, we actually have never even touched on this show yet. Yeah. Uh, just dude was just one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, you look at some of look, some of the films he directed throughout his career: The Apartment, Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity, Sabrina, Witness for the Prosecution, The Seven Year Itch, uh, Ace in the Hole, Salix Seventeen, Love in the Afternoon. Like this dude, among classic Hollywood directors, is one of one of the top dogs, and one of the, and one of the best of his time, one of the best ever. Uh, but the one that was my introduction to Billy Wilder. Uh, was the one today, Sunset Boulevard. Now, uh, since you, since I've seen this before and you had, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk, let me talk about the first time I watched it. So in, in my hometown, we have this uh, big classic film festival. Uh, it's, 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 you know, uh, we had one of these old, like old-timey theaters, and during the summers, they would use it for this big classic film, this classic film fest. And like we actually got like a lot of good stars. Like, like as far as Al Pacino, uh, cool. like, he was there. He did. Uh, they were screening Dog Afternoon one year, and like he came to do the intro for it. And he did, like cool. this like Q and A on the day before, and like like real, really, really fun guy to watch. I was speaking of Pacino. We did. We just talked about Heat last week. Uh, but yeah, like and that, and this is this is the environment which I saw like a lot of classic movies, like how I saw Jaws for the first time, how I saw Psycho for the first time, and I remember one year. Uh, my mom and grandma were going, and they want to take me to see this this movie I'd never heard of. Like, some, it's called Something Like It Hot. It was like, okay, well, what 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 is, what is this old what is this old black and white movie? It's like, come on, trust me. Uh, it was I think it was 2009, so I would have been 11 years old at the time. Boy, I so, feel I feel older <laughs> and older when we talk about these things. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I went and I went and ended up watching the movie, and I was just. And I, I was just astounded by how much I adored this film, by the fact that it was like from 1959. So, what is it about this film that ends that makes it such a classic? Well, we're gonna get into that right now. This is some like it hot. So we open immediately, not where you think is gonna start, given what the premise is, <laughs> with funny enough, a car chase. <laughs> uh, we get a car, we get a car chase and a shootout between gangsters and cops. It's funny because like the, the gangsters are like carrying this casket, and you're just like, why, 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 why are they shooting at a funeral car? And then they, you see like it got bullet holes in it, it's got, and the booze are spilling out. Yeah, this, this is Prohibition era Chicago. So yeah, uh, alcohol not exactly kosher at this point in time. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely was frowned upon. Uh, yeah, so we then see the gangsters are loading their stuff into a speakeasy, but things are, but things are not gonna go well tonight because. Uh, it just so happens that this is the night that uh, the speakeasy is being sold out by another gangster named Tubich, not not Tubich, Charlie, Toothpick Charlie. Oh uh, yeah, which is a common practice. I mean, gangsters would sell each other out just to get rid of competition. <laughs> but you yeah. better hope the charges stick, and they never find out who you are, because they will be coming for you. Yeah. 
Uh, so the co- so the cop enters the speakeasy in disguise, and we see you know this 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 club is pretty tight. This club is pretty tight. Yeah, I mean it's I mean I like how they disguise it as a funeral home, and then yep. there's the the little entrance in there into this big bar that has like a band playing. Uh, booze actually isn't sold as booze. Like they're like, like I want another ne- cup of coffee. I want another cup of coffee. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's it's. It's just so fun. Yeah, that's all the guy wants, man. He he is he's living his best life. <laughs> I want another cup of coffee. <laughs> I just think it's funny how they don't even mention booze or anything like that. But you know what these guys are doing. You know, I I, I do I definitely think it's uh, creative that uh, Wilder decides to do that with this film. Yeah. Uh, we then meet our two main characters: Joe, played by Tony Curtis, and Gerald, played by Jack Lemon. Uh, they are two musicians in the band, and let's just talk about these two guys right now. These two guys, I mean, they're regardless, two of the greatest actors of their generation. Lemon, especially. Oh, yeah, but Lemon's like, fantastic. Yeah, Lemon's, but Lemon's phenomenal in this film. Oh yeah, he. I would say, but I mean, Curtis is smooth too. They have great chemistry together throughout this whole entire film. Yeah, like they're they're back they're back and forth are great. They have great comedic timing, yeah. and just like, there's it's some of the best chemistry you will see. In a in a movie, period. Like they're 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 top notch. They're master their craft. It's like yeah. and it's like so many funny lines between like I love like I love the bit where also like, they have such a distinct personality. Like like you know they have Joe who's the go he's the go getter he's the dreamer he's the risk taker. But you have you have Gerald who he's more he's more reserved he's more practical. Uh, but he's also you know he's also like not afraid to go there too. But he's like a little more apprehensive about it. Yeah. But yeah, like these these two guys are just like they're they're. They're they're great. They're so great as the main characters. I believe this is uh, Lemon's first. It's definitely his first Oscar nomination. His first nomination for lead. He did have one supporting win before, but this is his first nomination for lead actor. Okay. And yeah, as the as the movie goes on, you definitely see that he he earned he earned that nomination. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're talking about you know how what they're gonna do when they get their first paycheck. Uh, but before they, before that can even happen, uh, they they are the only people in this club to see that this cop is. Just, he took out his badge like in front of God and everybody. Yeah, because he was uh, poking at his cigar, and they saw his badge, so they kind of knew that this thing was going to go south quickly, and that they yes. need to get the hell out of there. Yeah, they just they just start backing up and leaving right yeah. as cops are raiding this place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this place is this place is also run by a gangster named Stats Colombo, uh, who's you know one of those guys like he's like the like he's like the guy in Chicago. Yeah, he almost reminds you of a like an Al Capone type figure. It's it's basically kind of what they what it feels like they base it off of because they mentioned Valentine's Day and stuff like that. You know, obviously the St. Valentine's Day massacre with Capone. So I kind of feel like that that was the basis of him. Yeah, so uh, once again, Ger- uh, Gerald and Joe are down on their luck, uh, mostly because, you know, they have, they have no job, and Joe just lost all their money on a dog race. Yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, thing is, though, they might have an angle on a new job. You see, Joe's also the the you know, the, the womanizer of the two of them. Yeah, Joe's definitely more, yeah, ladies' man. Yeah, and you can tell, and you can tell he really he screwed over this one receptionist for this, uh, you know, this, uh, this mu- this music rep, because yeah, like yeah, she's you know, all about him. I think they have a job for you, right? That right? Wink, wink. Yeah. 
So he goes in and turns out they do. There is a band that does need a saxophonist and a bass player. Only thing is they got to be, they got to be 25. It's like, we could patch for that. Gotta be blonde. Got that. Die. And you got to be, you got to be girls. We could, no, we can't. Yes. <laughs> it's a job in an all female band. Yeah. But they know that they're, you know, shortcomings here with, uh, with gigs. So I, I do like this. Yeah, well, but before, but you know, they they don't get that, but they do end up getting a a one nighter uh, yeah. at a at a dance a, a couple hundred miles away. So they they, just, so they decide to take that. Uh, they end up in a parking garage where you know some gangster playing poker, just so that just so they can get the the, the woman's car. Yeah. Meanwhile, by sheer coincidence, by sheer coincidence, of course, uh, Spats Colombo was released from jail and ends up in the exact parking garage right as they get there. What are the odds? Poor, poor timing. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> they totally screw over this, this mechanic. Because <laughs> they, yeah. they go behind the car and like while, while he's standing right out in the open. Yeah, he's pumping. He's, he's holding the gas, and he's definitely like out in the open. It's like, yep, well, they definitely sacrifice him. <laughs> yeah, so some I don't know how, but somehow Spats know the toothpick Charlie is the guy that sold him out. So uh, yeah, and of course in gangster gangster culture, you sit, you, you rat on somebody, you got to go. Sleep with the fishes. Yeah. So the, they they line up this they line up this entire crew on the wall and just execute them all via firing squad. Yeah. And Joe and Gerald see the whole thing, and then Sp- and then Spat sees yeah. them, so it's like, oh crap, we're gonna die. But Toothpick Charlie somehow survives sixty bullets to the chest. <laughs> and uh, ends up distracting his goons so they can so they can get away. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. On top of being all down to luck and out of jobs, now the now the Chicago mafia is looking for them. It's like when, when things can't get any more wrong. Yeah. So they need a fast getaway. So what do they do? Only thing they can they disguise themselves as women to get jobs in the female band. <laughs> And first of all, just the visual of these two guys walking out in their like full, in their full lady garb—it's just yeah. hilarious. Yeah, you can see Jack Lemon struggling to walk in heels. It's absolutely hilarious with his giant, with his like manly calves. Just, uh, just really funny. Tony Curtis, especially because like he was like mostly known for playing like a tough guy. Yeah, seeing him in this, seeing him in this light is is just—it's just downright funny. Yeah, and it's just so funny how they. Um, you know, they're basically kind of complaining and it's like uh, Jack Lemon makes a joke about how I, I, I don't understand how women could wear these all the time. How do they walk in these all the time? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see, you know, this was probably one of the, one of the first movies like put put like straight men in the, in the female perspective. Yeah. Where it's like, heels, they are hard to walk in. <laughs> there is one person who makes it look effortless. That Shaker Kane played by Marilyn Monroe. Yep. My God. God, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, she was one of the most beautiful women alive. You definitely, absolutely, absolutely and and you, all time. Yeah, and you definitely feel that when she hits the uh, when she's front and center in the camera. You know what I mean? You definitely, you just kind of like just like an awestruck. You know what I mean? It's Marilyn Monroe. You know, I just imagine the job every man in every theater dropping. The second she gets on screen, hell, even the job every woman dropping when she gets on screen. Yeah, I mean, she just carries herself the way she carries herself, the way she just, 
you know, effortlessly caruses and, and, and heals like that. And she just makes it look so effortlessly. She's yeah. You, you see why she was such a cultural phenomenon. We're not just going to talk about her looks. We're going to talk about her acting ability because, you know, the other thing, she could have just written on her good looks for her entire career. Oh, absolutely. But she was also an incredibly talented actress. Very. You definitely see the, um, you know, just the different layers that she has in this whole entire film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it would have been one thing if she was just, like, if she was just a face and a body, but the fact that she, like, she has that, she has that pathos, she has that those dimensions to her character, where, you know, like, you can tell, like, she's had, like, this really bad run with men in her life. And it's really kind of, it hasn't really jaded her just yet. No. But she, uh, she does try to ma- maintain positive, but you can tell, like, oh, man, you, you've, you've had it rough. You've had yeah. it really rough. Yeah, you could tell she's, like, one more bad heartbreak away from kind of just throwing in the towel. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, she's, she's, she's keeping up, she's, she's, keep, she's, keeping, she's keeping positive. And yeah, she's she's so she's so great in this. Oh no, she really is. Yeah, again, like like beautiful woman, but also just a phenomenal actress. Oh yeah, definitely like underrated. That you really don't, you know, it's always obviously yeah the looks and stuff, but yeah, definitely very underrated actress as well. And this is also really where the movie just actually comes comes alive because, and mostly for one reason, and we'll talk about it right now. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. We're gonna we're talking about it a little bit earlier. We're gonna talk about it more in depth right now. Jack Lemon. Oh my because, god! Well, first of all, he's, he's just like first of all when they're just sitting in the in the office, they're just like, well, "You'll be Josephine, and I'll be Geraldine." And then he gets like, like the moment comes where like they get they're getting in the car, and he's like, "I'm Josephine, and I'm Daphne." Yeah, <laughs> Daphne. Well, I never I never liked the name Geraldine. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of throws that away and just comes up with a new alias. It's pretty funny. Yeah, Jack Lemon as the care as Gerald as Daphne. He just. He's a firecracker on screen. He's like the life of the party. Um, uh, she, yeah, what he does with her character is just, yeah. it's just, yeah, literally the, the center of the party. He's the life of the party. He has, yeah. like, he has most of the best jokes in this movie. And just, he has this like really like bubbly, energetic attitude that you totally buy that anybody who sees, this, who sees him would buy him as a woman. Oh, absolutely, and it's because of the personality. It's because what he puts in behind it that absolutely uh, sells it. Yeah, I also, I also do love his, his attitude where he's just like, and like when you see him like revert back to being a guy, where he's just like, man, I am like a kid. I am like a kid in a candy store. It completely goes right back to playing the guy, just like eyeing up, like oohing and on over all these females. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah, especially like Ed, when they when he gets to the bathroom and he sees sugar cane. Oh my god, yeah, she's definitely she's just sitting there uh, boozing, and he yeah. is just so like he's so love at first sight, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, and he's like, no pastry, no butter, and no sugar. <laughs> this movie also has like a lot of really great music. Oh, oh the the music's really good, yeah. Is is that big grandiose jazz band stuff? Like I like I love the musical number they have right here, Running Wilds. You know where it's where it's Monroe. We get the get the solo. Yeah. And and then you see you see the you see the flask fall out of her dress. Yeah. And, and Daphne is like, oh, you know what? Uh, can I get my flask back? And yeah. And she's like, yeah. And he he just covers for her. Yeah, which totally, yeah. Why he's doing it? But like it's it's also like a nice like camaraderie. It's, it's played as a camaraderie moment, like for the for the females, but like you like know female, why. 
Well, yeah, like a female getting another female's back, but you know he has other intentions with it. It's like he definitely wants to, you know, uh, try to win her over eventually or, you know. But, yeah, definitely definitely a nice choice. It's really funny, though. There's that funny moment, but they really, yeah, again, frown on the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> again, this is, this is Prohibition era America, so, yeah. The alcohol is a no good. Yep, but that supply's low and that demand goes up, so there you have it. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's it's bedtime on the train, and, and, and Joe Smarty's like, I'm taking away this ladder so you don't get any ideas. Yeah, this is uh, great. But, uh, but what, he, what he didn't count on was Sugar getting ideas of her own. Yeah. Because because he she goes into uh, Daphne's car in order to you know, thank thank her for getting her back. Yeah. I do like one where that's like, I want. I want to have to thank you. Like I can think of a lot of ways. And she gets in. Gets in like the butt, the bunk. Like that's one of them. Yeah. And I just like love how he gets like so clammy. Cause like you think about it, like you're a man pretending to be a woman next to like the hottest woman on the planet. And you're just like okay, I gotta gotta stay strong. Gotta stay strong. Yeah. Gotta stay. Yeah. Like easily your your cover could easily be blown. You know what I mean? At any time, especially with you know you're sweating, you're getting all nervous and stuff like that. Easily could slip up. But he has to play it cool. So uh, you know they end up having a a, a little uh, little late night drink in 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 the car or in, in the bunk. Oh my, this is this is too funny. I, yeah, I, I I love this scene because you know somebody hears her, somebody hears Daphne fall out of the bunk, gets up and they see it like oh we're having a we're having a party a party in the bunk, and they tell everybody everybody's awake and every yeah and everybody has everybody, something to believe to bring to the party. Everybody has something. It's like it's like a, it's like yeah. a big old potluck, yeah, in a bunk. But it's also crazy. It's, it's funny to think like how I don't know if these girls are small or if this train car is just like really roomy. Because you can put like what there was like six or seven of those those uh, women in that uh, small little. It was probably it was probably more than that. It felt felt like it felt like fifteen at one point. It definitely feels very confined with women, and it's so funny that the two, um, the the older lady and the gentleman can't hear anything this whole entire time and this is beautiful that this giant party is going on literally in the middle of the uh train it's beautiful it's so funny yeah it, 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 it's a hilarious thing but it's also funny just to see i think i think uh wilder really nailed the feel of prohibition era america just because oh, yeah. like you see they're doing for like a cocktail shaker it's like a hot water bottle yeah it's like a hot water bottle they're they're doing anything they basically can and they're and they're you know for cups they're doing those little Dixie cups or whatever they have, probably by the bathroom or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, so then, like, one, one of the one of the ladies goes and they book up judgment. He's like, "Yeah, do you have any maraschino? Do you have any maraschino cherries?" <laughs> he's like, "What? Never mind." Yeah. He gets like, "Wait a minute, maraschino cherries?" And he gets up. There's like 15 women all in the bunk. It's so funny. Yeah, like literally, it's a potluck. That one has crackers, the other one has cheese. That's too funny. Yeah. So anyway, Sugar manages to escape. Then she's going to, you know, pick ice for for the party. Uh, and we we get some little more insight into her character. We see that you know she's been she's been treated she she you know she's been treated badly by men in the past, which is you know, ironic. That's Marilyn Monroe, and this is what happened in her actual life. Yeah. Uh, but you know she sees that uh, it's also funny that you know the one you know the one thing she has the one type she has a thing against saxophone players yeah because of course uh but yeah we, we you see it like she's been like like we kind of alluded to earlier like she's been she's been mistreated she's been 
emotion emotionally damaged. She's been yeah. emotionally used. And then she's like, yeah, like like you said earlier, she's one heartbreak away from just shutting down entirely. Yeah, for sure. You definitely can tell. Um, the funny thing I do like about this scene is how perfect are those ice cubes? Uh, right. Did you notice that too? Like when I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm like, damn, it's like they're all like perfectly like it's this big giant block, but these ice cubes are all like perfectly the same size. Uh, but yeah, the part the party is looking coming a little to capacity. So what does Joe? What does uh, Daphne do? She pulls the emergency brake. <laughs> just, you, you just like you see the entire the entire like band spill out of his car, of his truck, or of his, yeah. Like I, like I said, I, I think that scene is just I, I think that scene is just perfect. Oh, it is. It's definitely the really the one of the standouts. There's a lot of standouts, obviously, we'll talk about, but yeah, this one uh, really, see, really, this one, sta- this one sets the table. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. Uh, you know, for me, that's, I think, the funniest scene in the entire film. Oh, I'll agree. But anyways, they get to Florida to the to the resort where they're playing. That's where he meets another main character, Osgood. Oh, this guy. Love it. Yeah. Osgood is a wealthy, wealthy man. And he has an infatuation with one of the women, that being Daphne. <laughs> yeah. Right, right off the bat, he's 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 carrying her stuff, taking her to the elevator. And I do, I do love the visual where like the elevator closes. You see the arrow go up, and, and then you it see stops. Him, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it goes back down. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like he apparently like he he, he pinched he pinched her he pinched her butt or something. Yeah, yeah he, I think he like grabbed her butt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, I guess I guess this is the original case of sexual harassment. This was like the Me Too before the Me Too. Like this was like the This is the OG. Billy Wilder was trying to tell us. We didn't yeah, listen. Yeah. It's like, dude, guys, I'm gonna tell you what, sixty years later, you watch. <laughs> I'm gonna hump you're gonna come to me and you'll be like, you know what? I was right. You were on to something. <laughs> and also the be- the bellhop's also hitting also hitting on Josephine. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Who looks like he's like legit, like nineteen or twenty, but he like jokes around and says, "Oh, I can show you my license." It's too funny. I, I like old. I like old women. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Originally, Joe told Gerald that when they got to Florida, they would split. But uh, you know, con- Joe sells us as like, "Hey, you know, they're probably still looking for us. Probably should should lay low here a bit. Plus, we can make a little money while we're here." Yeah. But. Uh, but we know we we know why he's really here because while he was on the train, uh, Sugar did describe her perfect man. He wants someone yep. nice, wealthy, who wears glasses because you know wearing glasses means you know automatically means in this era meant you're a nice guy or you're sophisticated, you know. Sophisticated. I mean, while while the girls go swimming, we also find out that Beanstalk's luggage is missing. Uh, the the yeah. male. Male the male, yeah, 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 which is which is super funny, and just what a coincidence! And what, what a coincidence! Him and him and Tony Curtis are the same size, and everything. I mean, what what are the odds of that? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so he ends up uh, so he ends up putting on the uh, you know the men's clothes and going to the beach to hang out to hang out and wait for wait for sugar to happen upon him. Yep. First of all, let me just say I don't know what accent he's doing. Yeah, it's like an it's almost like a like a Cagney accent. Like it's like a very like is it like kind of like Australian, kind of Australian, kind of British, kind of New Jersey. Like it's 
it's like yeah it's like what are we doing with this yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing but <laughs> i'm like you know it's it's, it's tony Curtis. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass yeah i mean he's just trying to hide his his voice you know from being recognizable i guess that's true so yeah uh he ends up talking to sugar and he convinces her he convinces him that he is a uh oil industrialist in fact like one of the owners of shell oil which is funny because he has like a bucket of like shells that he collects or whatever and that's how he gets the idea to run yeah. along with that story it's pretty pretty genius you know it it, it, it is it is very genius yeah <laughs> so yeah he, and i do like to see where uh daphne gerald he, he finds him and he's like oh hello mr shell oil yeah <laughs> and so he's just like i can't wait to tell josephine he's like you know what you're right let's go tell her right now dude they get there so fast obviously they're, they're gonna try to catch tony curtis and alive basically that you know what i mean and, and and show you that you know obviously the the other um what josephine's not there yeah. Um, yeah, and it's funny when when they get to the uh, their room. Too funny. Oh, and also fun fact: this this uh, resort, this beach house, this uh, you know this, be- this beachfront resort, it's still yeah. there. It's, it's, in still Cali- it's in California, it's, isn't it? It's San Francisco. Oh, it's I've a, been there. Okay. Oh shit! Awesome. Yeah, I've literally been like right outside of there, and I forgot that this movie was shot was shot here. We're, we're shot there, and then I saw, saw it. I was like, oh yeah, I've been I've been there. I've been to that resort. Really cool, yeah. Uh, next time I'm West Coast bound, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so they get back. Uh, they get back, and it turns out Josephine is present. She's in the bathtub. And I do like the scene where, as soon as Sugar leaves, for yeah. all this, a gratuitous amount of bubbles. As soon as huh. Sugar leaves, he gets out of the tub, and he's still wearing the full suit. Yeah, because he literally got there so like so fast. He would literally had to like. Uh, Usain bolt that into the uh, to the room there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, he's trying to set up a date for Sugar on a yacht. The problem is he doesn't have a yacht, but hmm. they do have a contact that does. Osgood. So Mr. Whole... Fe- Mr. Yeah. Feely. Mr. Feely. Yeah. So the whole plan is uh, she's gonna get Daphne a date with Osgood on uh, on the shore on in in the in the resort. Yeah. Meanwhile. He as the oil millionaire. I forgot. I forgot what he said. What he said his name was. Oh man. He as the oil millionaire is going to take Sugar onto the yacht. Uh, yeah. So uh, this ends up working perfectly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Daphne's got his day with uh, with Osgood on, on the, in the dance club. Meanwhile, Sugar and Sugar and uh, yeah, Joe. Posing as the oil millionaire, go onto the boat, uh, and I do like, <laughs> I do love that he 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 does a good job playing on her psychology because the the whole thing is he convinces her that you know he has intimacy problems that like he doesn't he doesn't feel he has a pro- he has a problem like showing affection towards another person because he they, he'd have someone that he loved who he lost in a tragic accident. Yeah, and uh, the, the name he goes by is Junior. Junior, that's it. Yeah. And he was new, new something generic. Yeah, but like he, he's smart about this because every time he tells he tells Sugar something, and like, like, like you know what? No, you, you, you kiss me. It doesn't it doesn't do anything. It just yeah. it, it drives her nuts. But it baits her though, which is it she, her. she wants to prove that yeah she definitely has what 
I still, I still got it. What, what, what he's looking for. So she, it's definitely a test to her character too. Yeah, and despite the fact that the relationship is built on live, the two, the two of them do have really good chemistry. Oh, they do, and and you wonder how, like, you do kind of think in your head, like, where, where, where's this going? Yeah. Yeah, you wonder like, what, 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 what's, what's your plan here? Like, where, where are you going? Yeah. Meanwhile, while this is going on, you see it is intercut with yeah. uh, Daphne Osga's date where they're just where they're just like going out and dancing. Where Daphne's taking like a one for the team. Yeah. The funny thing though is like he actually starts to as it progresses, he starts to enjoy it. Because yeah, it's like a test to him too, though. You know what I mean? It's kind of testing him in different ways, you know. But he's like really excited about it, which is like Daphne's, you know, with Jack Lemon. Uh, portraying Daphne, like Daphne gets so excited about it, and it's it, it's really it's it is really funny. Yeah, so both dates and both go surprisingly well. Daphne's went so well that she is now engaged. And he's I love how he's playing the maracas. He's just like so excited. He's so happy about it. And it's like, dude, you're a guy. You got to engage to another dude. And he's just sitting there so happy, man. He, he's like on cloud nine. It's so funny. I want to marry, I want to marry a man. Security. <laughs> 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 what are you gonna do on your honeymoon? Well, I want the Hagger Fall, but he's thinking Tahiti. <laughs> but she, but like literally, like Jack Lemon's character is definitely just like like thinking it out, like what like what they're going to do, and it's 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 just too funny. While Tony Curtis is trying to be real and be like, hey, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And I also love being like, okay, just like, and early on in the film, he's like, keep telling yourself, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl, and I was like, okay, you're a boy, you're a boy. You're a boy. <laughs> I'm oh a boy. I'm a boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but things start to go a little awry because it because what what wouldn't you know? There is a mafia meeting at this exact resort, and Spats Colombo is present for it. What are the, what are the odds of this? They're they're celebrating like what the tenth anniversary of something? Yeah, I, I believe so. Well, I mean, we don't know what they're really there to celebrate, but it's like I a tenth anniversary of something. Yeah, I also do love the scene where like he, uh, where Daphne sees them in the in the mirror, but it's like the most like crystal clear, like <laughs> crystal clear like mirror yeah. on the planet. It's like perfect. You definitely get like there's no like squinting or anything. It's definitely like perfect. Yeah. So they, yeah. So like oh crap, they're they're here. We need we need to go. And then they all up in the elevator, and that the gangsters start hitting on them. Yeah. Yeah, like and like this this the straw for them. They, they they realize that they need to leave, but before they do that, uh, they need uh, Joe has to break it off with Sugar. Uh, so Joe call Joe basically has to call her and break her heart. He says like, okay, I have, I have business that I had to attend to out of the country, and I'm gonna be gone for a long time. Yeah, so basically just saying, hey, like this, we 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 can't continue this. Yeah. Uh. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, as an engagement gift, uh, Osgood gave uh, Daphne a tennis bracelet, a diamond tennis bracelet. It has tons of diamonds on it, and it's we, one. We can, sell this, we can sell this and start our new lives. And Daphne doesn't want to part with it. I love it. Yes. Uh, but Joe ends up making the decision for him. Yeah. And he just he just sends it over. Yeah, he sends uh, it over with flowers when he's uh, when Joe's given flowers to uh, Sugar. Yeah, so he ends up uh, giving away what could be their future. But you know what? You, you can tell like this, like, oh, he does have he did have genuine feelings for this woman. It, it wasn't just a sexual thing. 
no, as you think it's going to be. Like, obviously, it portrays itself in the beginning, but there is definitely chemistry there between the two characters. Yeah, so they end up uh, exiting out the window, going right past the <laughs> right past the room that's that's Bats and his crew are staying in. The odds again. What are the odds? A lot of weird coincidence for a lot of weird coincidence for a classic film. Seriously. Uh, but you know they end, uh, and that's when they realize that, oh crap, these are the musicians that we were looking for in Chicago. Yeah. Just disguised. Yeah. So now, obviously, all eyes are on the two, and yeah, this is this is this is funny though how the rest they of this all plays out. Guys, which I can only assume they got by hijacking a hijacking a paraplegic and a bellhop. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't take off his heels. Yeah, which is really funny. You hear him clip clomping with he's pushing a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It, so the thing they're there for is the 10th annual Friends of Italy. Uh, okay. Meeting. I I remember 10. I remember the number on it, but I just didn't know what it was for. Uh, yeah. So uh, they're they're going they're going through this thing, and they are the whole thing. They're bringing out a cake for Spatz's birthday, but it's not his birthday for another four months. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they bring it out. They sing for he's a jolly good fellow because he got public domain. And the second this guy just pops out the cake and just guns down Spats's entire crew. Yeah. <laughs> and you think of like, oh well, shit. I mean, just I mean, you should be able to get off scot free now, right? Right. But they decide to they're on Joe and Joe and Gerald are under the table to witness another murder. Yeah. Wrong place at the wrong time again. Yeah, a second time, and then yeah. and then now they decide, okay, crap, we need we need to, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so the so the only situation now is he has to go. Uh, Gerald has to go through with his engagement to Osgood, and they have to elope in international waters so they can't be tracked. Uh, but before they go, uh, they see a sugar and the band are singing a song. Basically, like sugar saying like, you know what, I give up. I'm I give up on love, essentially. Yeah. So well, she's sing- he's sing- she's she's singing that song, and in the middle of it, right when she's done, uh, Joe goes up, dresses Josephine, and just like kisses Sugar in front of everyone. Yeah, and she's like, and he just says, like, I, I love the scene where he just like, he doesn't say like don't give up or just like I'm sorry for hurting you. He's like basically like don't like, don't do that. No no guy is worth it. Yeah, I think I think it's such an interesting response. Yeah, it, it it is. It's because it could be. There's so many other things he could have said. Yeah, where like you could try to you could try to atone. You could have tried to you know say like you know say like don't 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 give up on me. But you know just like you know what, like you know like the guy like, if a guy breaks your heart, he doesn't deserve you, which is true in real life. If a guy bro- if you break Marilyn Monroe's heart, you don't you don't you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve Jack. Yeah, but I think I, but but I think also why he comes out with that is the fact that when they were dressed as women, they saw how the guys kind of treated them like objects. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think they changed their perspective by yeah, dressing. That, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. Actually, it's a good idea to bring to this. I, I never yeah. really thought of it. That way. Yeah, that, I mean that's that, that's. I, I thought when I was watching, it was definitely they kind of feel like even with like the grabbing of the butt and stuff like that, they now understand what women are going through. You know what I mean? That they have an eye on or they have a, you know, they talk about and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a very good takeaway. Actually. I never really yeah. thought of it that way, but 
Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, they, that, that, they they literally walked a mile in high heels. So they understand what it's like to be in that perspective. So, yeah, yeah. I think that cha- that helped change those two characters. I think too in the end. Yeah, for sure. So uh, they end up. So yeah, they end up going to meet Osgood at the at the boats. But Sugar decides, you know what? I'm 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 gonna give us a chance. I'm 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 gonna go with I'm gonna go with you, Joe. And I I, I, I lied before. This is my this is my favorite comedic scene in the entire film. <laughs> where Daphne is going over the is like going over all the reasons that they can't get married. <laughs> We're just like, it's like I mean, like I I, I smoke, I smoke all the time. Yeah. I, like, I don't I don't I don't care. I live the second live the for for ten years. I forgive you. I can never have children. We'll adopt some. Yeah, I can't. Marry, I can't marry you. I was good. I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> That's it. Worth- it's, it's too funny, man. Yeah, really, really just uh, to me, that is the greatest ending line in any movie ever. Yeah, it's definitely um, super funny. I mean, just just the way the back and forth with it. Yeah. And that's where the film ends. Uh, so, Russell, I picked this because uh, I mainly picked this because you had because you hadn't seen. It. I mean, I, I threw it out there. And you said you hadn't seen it. I was like, perfect. We're, de- we're definitely doing this. Yeah. So, Russell, as a first time viewer of Some Like It Hot. What did you think? I loved it. I did. Um, I really did. I'm glad you picked it. Um, definitely gets me in more of these classic films, but you can definitely see why this movie does have its staple in you know Hollywood history. Um, you know Wilder as a director, obviously Tony Curtis, uh, Jack Lemmon, Marilyn Monroe, all of them together have such fantastic chemistry on screen. Um, it's just a really funny film. You know, it's a funny film. It has heart. Um, kind of like what I told you. What I took away from it too. With just the perspective that Tony Curtis's character and Jack Lemmon's character, Josephine Daphne, have with how women are like treated as objects and stuff like that, I think that changes their character's perspective of how to treat women too. Um, just it, it's just it's it's a perfect film. It really is. I really enjoyed it. I uh, ordered it on Amazon. It was funny because I was watching. I ordered it on Amazon on Blu-ray just because I didn't have it, and I was like, well, we need to change that. So um, it's just a really good film. And I, I get, I get it. Yeah, no, I like I said, I, I, I adore this film. This is one of my favorite comedies, just of all time. Yeah, uh, I think that yeah, it's it, the fact that the the laughs, the dialogue, it all still holds up after fifty plus years. Like that is that is insane. Yeah, but just shit, sixty plus years actually. Yeah, just the, how much this film has transcended its its you know its time period and its era. And the fact that it's still funny and it's still incredibly relevant today, I think yeah, I think Billy Billy Wilder is a genius, and the yeah. fact he's able to put it together I think is phenomenal. Except the, the cast is the cast is amazing. Jack Lemmon is uh, maybe my favorite maybe my favorite Jack Lemmon performance. It's definitely like a top three to five. Um, yeah, there's just so much about this movie I love. I think it's I think it's insanely rewatchable, and yeah, this is one that I will continue to visit. And I'm glad I got a chance to I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to introduce it to you. Yeah, I am. I am too. And um, whenever it comes around to theaters, I would love to see it on the big screen. Um, yeah, dude, and like, awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, and that's gonna do it for the show today. Uh, Russell, one girl, plus we head up. Yeah, you guys can find us at Tories by Chance on Facebook. Go ahead and join that. That's where we throw the polls up when we're not going to travel for three weeks. But yeah, <laughs> um, you guys can also find us the Tories by Chance on YouTube, where we will for sure this summer throw more content up. All right, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at ChanceForce underscore 91. Check out the Mutri Mowdown where I do compete. And, yeah, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.